Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Prosper Project. Today, I am so excited to have as my guest, Sarah Gifford. Sarah is one of the two co-founders, I believe it's two, of Activote. So she is part of a team of technology professionals who put their math and programming skills towards voter participation, nonpartisan, really about getting people to exercise their right to vote. I am really, really excited to have this conversation. Welcome, Sarah. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm also excited for this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about Activote. What exactly do you do? So we have built a, you know, a technology app that is only for voters. It's not for politicians. It's not for government. It's for voters. And it's for them to feel confident and informed to vote in every single election. Democracy is difficult. You know, information is scattered in a million different places. There are transparency laws that make that a lot of things can be found, but that doesn't mean that they're easy to be found. And so what we wanted to do is make a one-stop shop for everything a voter needs to be engaged. And that's not just in the elections, because after these people get elected, they represent you and they are doing things on your behalf. And it's important for you to know what it is that they're doing so that when the next election rolls around, you know if you want to vote for them again or not. And so the general idea is ActiVote is a single place for voters to go to interact with their elections, their democracy, and their government. I love that. So if a listener were to go and download that app right now off of Google or the Apple app store, sorry, that was a hard one to get out. What would they find included on that app? What would it kind of look like and feel like? Yeah. So there's a couple different things. So number one, you can put in your address and we'll look up all your elections. That's school boards, that's city council, town ward. So it's not just the president, it's everything right directly in your community. And so you'll see when those elections are, you can see those dates about a year in advance. Now you'll only see candidates when the election date gets closer. Candidates don't typically have to file for election, typically within 60 or 90 days of the actual election date, but then you'll start seeing candidates there as well. So the first thing you'll see is everything about your elections. The app will remind you when it's time to check if you wanna vote absentee, it'll remind you about early voting. It'll remind you and help you make a plan to vote. So the first kind of theme of the app is everything around elections. Now, once those candidates appear, you're going to see people and you have no idea what they do. You might see a race with 40 people running. Believe it or not, that does happen often, you know, in American democracy. And so then the question is, okay, but who do I vote for? And we wanted to make that easy as well. And so what we've done is there's a political survey. So you can answer questions about policies that matter to you. And that can be something from, say, the federal minimum wage to prescription drug prices, but it can also be about bike lanes in your community or your local parks. 
And answering those questions, we create, say, your political profile. And what that allows you to do is see which candidates believe what you believe. We will tell you how much you overlap with what those candidates believe. And so making that next step around the whole political survey is making your choice of who to vote for a little bit easier. And then finally, like I said, these people represent you. You can see an entire list of your elected representatives, and then you can actually follow along on the votes that they're taking in their state legislature and in Congress on your behalf to see if you actually agree with them or not. And what we do is we wrap all of that together in what we call daily democracy. You get one small two-minute action per day to stay engaged. So you don't need to go do all of this all on one day, two minutes per day. Two minutes per day while you take your kids to the bus stop, while you wait in line at the grocery store, just two minutes, you know, and you can stay up to date with everything in democracy. I love this so much. I wish that I would have had this app growing up and trying to navigate, you know, how do I feel about different items and people? And am I, you know, for years I was an independent partly because I just really couldn't figure out how my values aligned necessarily with either party. So, and maybe I'll still be an independent, who knows? But I love the concept of this um, because it does what people really want to do is really vote with whose values align with mine and are they going to exercise their vote and their initiatives to align with the values that they say they have when they're campaigning. And that transcends political party, which is something that has been increasingly difficult to do in our country. And it's just really mind-blowing. So tell me, and I do know, I said that I thought you were one of two, but you're actually one of three co-founders, correct? And you are the only woman, and we'll get into that in a minute. But what I really want to know is how did this idea come about? So the three of us worked together at a previous job. And when we all decided to take a break from that, we just wanted to do something good. So we had these technology skills and we weren't doing anything bad with them before. We ran a supply chain (laughs) optimization uh, company. And hey, in in these days, supply chain is the top of a lot of people's minds. So it was actually really good work uh, that we were doing. But we just wanted to do something good and we wanted it to be kind of around democracy. America is getting increasingly polarized. And that's not a fun place to be. We can disagree about what a tax rate should be, but we shouldn't hate each other. We should appreciate that each person has nuance to their beliefs and they may have a liberal belief on one issue and a conservative belief on another and a centrist belief on another. And that's okay. That unique, say, political DNA that we each have is completely acceptable. But right now we're painted into tribes. And so what we wanted to try to do is how do you build something that pulls people together, not pushes them apart, while at the same time allowing them to vote any way they want. We don't care who people vote for. We just want them to vote. And so this was kind of that idea. And at that same time, I moved. So I moved between two places and I came to this, you know, my new home. I was like, okay, I need to figure out who's my mayor, who's my city council, who's my, you know, congressperson. Who I needed to go figure all these things out. And then I wanted to figure out, well, what is my city council working on right now? And it took me weeks, weeks and weeks and hours and hours of scouring the internet and Google searches and all of that. And kind of in that moment, I realized, gosh, this is just way too hard, right? And so kind of all of these things came together kind of in this perfect storm of, let's try to tackle this problem. Let's try to make democracy easier and participation easier. 
I love that. It's really, really great. And so, you know, like you said, you had a background in supply chain work. You are a mix of skills, as most of us are after we've had, you know, a certain number of years in the workforce, but you've done sales, you've done consulting, you've developed software, you've done all kinds of leadership and coaching. But really, I think at the essence, you're a problem solver and you saw a gap in the market and realized that you didn't want to spend the next hour or so trying to figure all these things out. And if you didn't and you were dedicated to what you were doing, imagine the average person, right? It's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know who to vote for. Or I showed up at my election poll place and there were candidates on there that I'd never heard of before. So I just voted along party lines. I see this happen as I'm sure you did developing it as something that would alleviate some of that and really empower people to understand not only the party and if the person represented the party that they saw themselves affiliating with, but like you said, maybe they're middle of the road on some things and they're more centrist or you know, maybe they have ideas that really move back and forth between the two parties and they can vote for the people who most align like they do. And when I found out about this app, I was just kind of blown away and talk about seeing a gap in the market and then developing it. I mean, it's just really, really amazing. So how long ago did the app come on the market and what kinds of experiences are you having with it as, you know, you're kind of sharing that it is there. Have you had any problems with the launch? What kind of feedback are you getting from people? I'm packaging all kinds of questions into one so we can break it down a little bit. So we started in 2019 and within five months, we had our first version out there. You know, there's an old saying in software development that if you're not embarrassed of the first thing you put out there, then you're going too slow. Uh So appropriately embarrassed of the first thing that we put out there, but you have to put something out there and start getting feedback and hear what people think. And then you start changing it, right? And you listen to what people think. You know, software development doesn't have to be that much different than democracy. You put something out there and you take in a lot of feedback from the people that are using it and that, you know, want to see something different or better. And then you start iterating and you make small baby steps until you get you know, somewhere else. And you know what? We're still making those changes. Uh, we will yeah. keep making those changes probably you know, for, forever. And you know, if you look at feedback we get, you know, there's a couple of things we try to stay closely attuned to in terms of feedback. So one is we are nonpartisan. We have a very strong opinion about voting and that we think you should do it. <laughs> and <despite laughs> that, we don't really have an opinion. We are not trying to sway anyone to think one thing or another. So that's one piece of feedback we spend a lot of time and we respond to every single email or ticket or tweet that says, hey, this is too liberal or this is too conservative. And we'll ask, okay, which element do you you think is? And we'll, we'll either try to explain it or we'll say, okay, that's good feedback. Let's change that. Right. Let's try to change that language. And so that's one thing we take, you know, a lot of input from. The other kind of common theme of feedback is that this is too complicated. And we take that to heart as well. And we're still, though, trying to strike this balance because sometimes people say, hey, get rid of everything and just let me look up my elections. And that would certainly be simpler, but that's not where democracy ends. And so on one hand, it's good feedback and it's true. Some parts of our app are kind of complicated. On the other hand, so is democracy. And, you know, 
if we start putting these things in 10 places again, then we've just gone back to the beginning of this cycle where, you know, it's just difficult to find things. And so we still take that feedback to heart and we still try to constantly think of ways to make it simpler. And that's one of the places that this idea came up of, you know, the tiny two minute action per day, right? And trying to make it into a habit, right? That you come and look at this app once a day for just one or two minutes to go from there. And so, you know, we actually have a tracker, you know, in our system of how many complaints we get about being too liberal, too conservative. And as long as it evens out, we think we're doing okay. I think that's amazing. So what kind of information do you have on the people that download the app? Any at all? Like, are there more women or men who download your app? Do you get any kind of data? So we do get some data. Now, the first thing I'll say before I go into some of the data we have is that we do not sell or share any data of any of our users. This is meant to be private. This is meant to be your personal democracy experience. That being said, we'll publish polls, right, that say, you know, women think this and men think this or, you know, the older generation thinks this and millennials think that. But I want to make sure anybody listening, your data will always stay private and that will never change. That is one of our core fundamental values. Now, that being said, that's important. That's good. probably doesn't surprise you. We have more younger users than older users, <laughs> you know, in terms of tech and apps. Um, we actually started with an app. We've recently come out with a web version as well for two reasons. One was to kind of make sure that some of the older users who don't want to download something on their phone, but are happy yeah. to use a website, have something. And the other is for equity reasons. Let's say you don't have a smartphone, but there's a computer at your local library. We wanted to make it available kind of in that form as well. So younger, a little bit more than older. We are pretty evenly split in party. It's about 35% Democrats, 30% Republicans, 30% independents, and a smattering of other parties kind mm -hmm. of outside that. So we have a pretty good split from a partisan perspective. Interestingly enough, we have more male users than female users which is additionally surprising because women are actually much better voters than men. Now, if people knew that, but more women are registered to vote than men, more women actually vote than men. So it was a little surprising that our user base tends more male, but maybe they need the help just a little more. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think I've ever missed an election. And I will also say that I don't know the things that your app could help me figure out. You know, I've always had to figure that out on my own. So being a woman, I'm still a little baffled. Like maybe women think that they've already done the research and it won't help them. But I have to say that it will, because when you look at some of these things, you can be surprised. You can surprise yourself because you are looking at things by an issue or by your values rather than, okay, if I have to choose between, because we do this, right? If I have to choose between this person and that person, I like this person better, which is not an intellectual decision. It's not necessarily a values aligned decision either. There's a lot of things that can go into that. So you're taking, the app is taking a little bit of that out of the equation and saying, by answering these questions, we can match you with the people who think like you do. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, sometimes people vote because it's the person they like better. There's a lot of factors that can go into your vote. And one can be what we're talking about, which is your alignment on policy. We're actually working with a group right now to get in what they call a common ground score. And that tells you for your elected officials, do they play well in the sandbox? Are they playing well with <laughs> others? And that could be a factor to your vote. Maybe you don't agree as much, but they compromise and they 
seek solutions and are problem solvers, right? To use the word you did earlier, maybe that's a factor in your vote. And, you know, there's a lot of factors, you you know, maybe you follow them on Twitter and you don't like what they say. Yeah. Maybe you agree (laughs) on the issues, but you don't like their attitude. And, you know, all of those things can go into your vote. And I think what we're just trying to do is to make it all a little bit easier. Um, Yeah. People make those choices. So much like you, I don't know that I've missed many elections recently. So we added something to the app for people like you and I, who are very passionate about this and don't mix elections. You can add in your friends and family. So for example, my sister lives down in Mississippi. And so I have her in my app. And so my app now reminds me when her elections are. Now my sister is not a great voter. So that means Ah. I call her because I get those reminders from from ActiVote saying, hey, your sister has an election in a few weeks, make sure she has her ballot uh, and whatnot. And I do that. And so I feel comfortable. And, you know, I have a few of my friends listed there as well. And over time, some of them become better voters because they don't want to get the call from me and say, oh, I forgot. Like, oh, yeah, Sarah, I'm on top of it. You don't have to call me. Sarah, that is hysterical. I love that. I would love that. So my next question is, what surprised you about being an entrepreneur? You know, there's a number of things. I think, you know, one of them is you start doing something and you're passionate about the only reason people start doing something like this. And I'm sure, you know, Lorraine, you feel the same is you have to have a whole lot of passion because it's a really difficult. And so you have this passion. And so, you know, first surprise is, wow, why isn't everybody as passionate about this as I am? Yeah. You, know, you, eat, you eat, breathe and sleep, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever that kind of business is, you know, you wonder why, you know, why isn't everybody passionate about this? And the second is you believe in your idea, right? You think it's the best thing since sliced bread, whatever it is, or or again, you wouldn't have started this. And I remember getting advice early in my career and someone said, hey, Sarah, you have to realize it takes years and years and years of hard work to be an overnight success. And that quote has stuck with me. And so I'm just still in the years and years of work. My overnight success, quote unquote, is coming, (laughs) but you're just kind of in that years and years of work. And I think there's some of those little moments and those little lessons that you have to take to make sure you keep going because, you know, it's not going to come in a day, a week, a month. It's that years of work. But I think the other part, the other surprise to me was how rewarding certain elements of entrepreneurship can be. I remember the first time, you know, I hired somebody, the first time I promoted somebody, the first time I handed out profit sharing, the first time you do these things where you see the smiles on people's faces and, you know, the growth. I even remember, oddly enough, one of the first times I had to give a bad performance review. Mm. Um, and if anyone out there is a manager, that is a very scary moment when you have to tell someone that they might not be doing as well as they think they are. And mm. that moment wasn't fun. But two or three months later, I'd been working with this person. And now that we realized we had a problem, we were working together to fix it. And, you know, a number of months later, you know, they said, thank you. Because, you know, we got through the challenges and we you know, made things better. And so I think, you know, the hard thing about hard things is that it's typically harder for you. But if you can, you know, get over that and, you know, see yourself as a way to help other people. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the biggest surprises to me was how much I enjoyed other people's success in everything. I that, that. I was doing. Yeah, no, that's great. So how big is your team now? There's still three of us. And a bunch of kind of contractors and freelancers and students and others that um, that. You know, that are excited about the work. You're like a grassroots project yourself. It's still a little bit, right? Because that's the startup model. 
But it's also like when candidates decide that they're going to run for office and they have the office, you know, they rent the space and they get the team together and some of the staff is paid and some are volunteers. And, you know, there's that camaraderie that develops during that time. And so you make a really great point. I don't know if voters all realize this. Campaigns are tiny little startups that start and go broke typically in about six months. And that's their goal. Their goal is Mm -hmm. to start, you know, get themselves elected and then they go broke. Right. And they're these, but everything about them are just like tiny companies. Yeah, they are. And, you know, obviously our job and our goal is not to go broke, but to sustain. But yeah, very much so. If you've ever been in an office and done that, you know, volunteer work where you're basically canvassing on behalf of your client and then you're going or your candidate and then you're going back and meeting up with the other people that were canvassing for this person and then going out for coffee or whatever. It's there is just something really special and energizing about it. And I feel like you've captured that energy and enthusiasm with your app. I just, I feel that about it. It's just, there's so many great aspects of what this app makes possible that it's exciting to be a user and be able to be part of something bigger than yourself in that way. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's also what voting is, right? Every time you vote, it's something bigger than yourself. You're doing it for your community and you can cast your vote for lots of different reasons. And you know, one of the things we're working on now is what's the good way to segue what you do inside the app with real life, right? And so mm. you know, right now, ActiveVote is very much you know, your own personal private experience, but we're working with a few different researchers on civic engagement on how might we make little baby steps for people who choose to, to take you know, one more step in the process. And that one more step does not have to be running for office, right? I think there's this misconception that after you're a voter, well, you better run. Oh, there's a million things you can do between <laughs> between those two things, right? To still be very heavily engaged. Yeah, that's great. So my next question is with the three co-founders, do you have areas of expertise that you focus on or do you kind of just get together and say, okay, right now I'm, I'm going to focus on this area. You're going to focus on that. What does that look like behind the scenes? So we talk every day. We have a standing meeting every day for 30 minutes. And the idea is even if we don't have anything to talk about, we should then just talk to each other, right? And be a team. We do have some expertise. Paul Eric is one of our co-founders. He is the technical genius. He has built everything you see when you use the app. He's built it by himself. He is the most amazing programmer you know, ever to walk the earth. Maybe he'll listen to this, maybe not. But he's kind of truly gifted in what he does there. And so that's one thing he does kind of all by himself. And then Victor, one of our other co-founders, is a math prodigy. You know, he's mm. spent his career winning awards and doing things that certainly I don't understand. So he has done everything around the analytics. So the matrix, if you like the policy matrix, he wrote the math kind of behind that. He wrote the math behind many kind of elements of our app. He's also kind of our product visionary. He has a lot of the ideas around you know, that will kind of plant the seed about the direction that we should go, kind of that real product visionary. And then I do everything else. If it's not technology and it's not math, then probably I'm, I'm working on it. Because my skill has always been to be a jack of all trades. I always love jumping around between 100 different things kind of to keep things going. But we have a lot of rules for how we work together. It's a democracy, right? So if we don't all agree, then eventually we vote. Certainly we've tried to first come to consensus, but 
that's kind of one rule. And then the second rule, you know, if somebody seems to feel really, really passionately about one thing and you kind of don't care, then maybe that's your moment to let go. Oh, I like that. You know, and if you feel passionately, you know, don't let go when you feel very passionately. But, you know, we've all been in arguments where at some point you realize, gosh, yeah, I have an opinion, but I kind of don't care that much. Right. And those (laughs) are the moments to take a deep breath, like, oh, okay, you care a lot. I care a little. Then let's go that way. Boy, that's the philosophy that could be applied to all kinds of relationships, not just business partnerships. I would agree. (laughs) Yeah. So. This is March and it is National International B Corp Month. And ActiVote, just like Prosper for Purpose, is a certified B Corp. So wondering if you could tell our listeners why, especially as such a young company, you decided to go for B Corp certification. So for us, it was really important. So first of all, the whole B movement is amazing. And for people who don't know about it, right, just simply put, it forces companies to make their decisions not only based on money. And it puts it in writing and it puts you know the line in the sand that you're gonna make decisions kind of for the good of the community. And you know, from our perspective, how is that not perfectly aligned with voting? Voting is something you do you know, for the good of the community. Government is there for the good of the community and the good of the people. And so you know, that was step number one. And I think the second reason we found it so important is there's a feeling today in America, and maybe you have this feeling yourself, that government is greedy, that government is power hungry, that government's not there for you, that they're not working for you. And that can be a really frustrating and discouraging feeling. And so we wanted to put it in writing, no, every decision we make puts the voter first. So actually, you know, in that whole dynamic, all of us will first say, hey, what's in this for the voter? So if we want to build something, typically somewhere in the conversation, someone might say, okay, but what's in it for the voter? And if we can't formulate what's in it for the voter, then we don't do it. So every question, and part of that B status does that for you because now it's in our documents that says we must do this. We must be able to publish at the end of the year what we've done, not for ourselves, but for the voter. And you know that accountability, it's what we wanted in the first place, right? But sometimes it's good to you know, have a little thing over your head that, you know, yes, I wanted this, but it helps remind you every day why you're doing what you're doing. And for us, why are we doing this? It's for the voter. It's to make life easier for the voter. And it helps us in all of our big decisions around what it is that we're going to do or discussions we have or who we're going to partner with, what's in it for the voter. Yeah, I love that. That's really powerful. So this is the Prosper Project. And when I interview entrepreneurs, it's I really want people to hear that you can define success on your own terms. And so I ask every guest, what does it mean for you to prosper? So for us, it is getting every voter to vote in every election. And it is to next to just getting them to vote, because that's the thing we can measure, right? Because I think being prosperous for us is two things. So one of the things we can measure, the tangible thing we can measure, we can measure voter participation, whether... I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but the secretary of state of your state keeps track. They know if you vote or don't vote in every election. They publish stats on that. That's how I know that women are better voters than men, because stats are posted about all of that. And so step number one, the tangible number we can measure is that participation in our elections increases. And that's midterms and primaries and local and school board and all of the above. I think the second, and that's kind of harder to measure, is Do people feel more confident about their voting? Because we think confident voters are going to show up. So we think that's the leading indicator. 
but do they just feel better about it? You know, I remember one of the first times I voted, and even though my parents had instilled in me how important it was, I got to the back and there was a ballot measure I knew nothing about. And that might have happened to you before. And I left feeling awful because I didn't vote. I didn't know what to say. And so I didn't vote on that element. I voted on the other things, but I missed that one. And so I think that's the second thing is people feel confident. They leave thinking, yeah, I got this, right? Um, You know, I rocked that. Um, I'm a good voter. Uh, And I think that's that more intangible kind of prosperous feeling that we hope to go for. I love it. So tell people where they can find you. And I will also drop the links in the show notes for this episode. So if you're interested in downloading the app, the link will be right here in the show notes. Yep. So the very simple one, acti.vote slash prosper is the link that will take you to our app. You can get it in the Apple App Store, Google Play, or online at myactivote.com. I love that. I love that. So what's next on your list? What Are there any things on the horizon with this app or would you guys consider developing another app, do you think? So right now we are having so much fun. We love engaging with voters and even the candidates that talk to us about why they're running. So we're going to keep working on that. I think one of the big things that's next in the short term, it's getting people to vote in the midterms. So it's 2022. That means that you know, a midterm basically means the term between, you know, when a president is elected and when they're next elected. So Joe Biden was elected in 2020. There'll be another presidential in 2024 that makes the midterms 2022. And so our goal this year is, is the primaries. So Texas had their primary this week. Um, and then there's 17 states or so with primaries in May. And we are going to be doing heavy outreach um, to get people to vote in those primary elections. Uh, so that's kind of what's next for 2022. What's next for the app? Uh, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. We're looking at ways to take this two minute step that people take. And, you know, if, if you're if you're up to it, what's the five minute thing that you could do or what's the 10 minute thing that you can do and to kind of get people taking smaller steps of engagement um, and they can stop anytime they want when they find, OK, hey, my sweet spot is still only two minutes a day or my sweet spot is two minutes a day. Plus, every once in a while, I'll do something that takes an hour to kind of get people taking that next level kind of a community engagement in whatever way makes them feel comfortable. I love that. Sarah Gifford, thank you so much for being a guest on the Prosper Project today. I know people are really going to be excited by this episode and by the app. So I encourage everyone listening to go to activote.com, right? Forward slash Prosper and download the app. Check in the show notes if you need to come back to this, if you're driving right now or something and you need to download later. And I just want to say that I learned so much from this conversation and I'm so inspired by what you're doing. So it was really an honor and such a pleasure to have this conversation with you today. Thank you. And I'm wishing you and everybody listening a prosperous future. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.